Welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look at what God is speaking to you, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. All right, here we are, Unpacking Sunday, and our very own Luke Nielsen is here. I'm here. Luke, we are so happy to have you. Me and everyone who's listening. I don't even know who's listening. <laughs> That's good. Actually, Josh asked me for those numbers and I haven't got them to him yet. So, yeah. But whoever you are, we love you. We're so happy that you are here today, Luke. Thank you. This is what happens because if people didn't notice, Josh was not here on Sunday. Right. And then he also just decided not to come to work today Where to record has he the been? podcast. What? Why is a- he gone? Apparently, he has a wedding anniversary that he's oh. celebrating. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got to take that time. Okay, so. You got to take a little so time. So there's a valid reason for him not being yes, here. Yes, yeah. So, That's good. That's good. So now we have the treat of having you here well, on the podcast. I'm happy to be on this side of the microphone. And we've spent a lot of time together lately. We have. It's been We great. went on a little mini trip last week. We did. Where did we go? We were in Seattle. Yes. And I brought my daughter and you brought your Sam. And yeah. uh, we saw Coldplay in Seattle and that was incredible. It was a very cool show. It was very cool. It was yeah. a very awesome show. It was really fun to spend the day with you guys. But um, yeah, it was kind of a mind-blowing show. It was very cool. Very entertaining. It was very fun. Yeah. And then back to reality, we came... Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I took a lot of time off last week because mm-hmm. I was at the show, mm-hmm. stayed over in Seattle, and then I actually took my days off off. Wow. So that just felt like That's a awesome. little mini vacation. That was not my story. I no. got... We drove home and I got yes, home at two did. o'clock in the morning and then yeah. got four hours of sleep and up with the kids to get oh, them off to wow. school and all that. So it was, uh, but yeah, paid for it, but it was worth different it. Different folks, different strokes, they say. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's totally So, true. but we were both here this Sunday and we were continuing our series in Romans and we're in Romans chapter seven. That's right. What are you taking away from Sunday? Like if you had to describe, it was Pastor Reg preaching mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. If you had to give a synopsis in like one minute or less mm-hmm. of what pastor reg was talking about what would what what was it well i really liked how um reg just kind of laid out i think which is a very common uh experience for christians that i know in my past in my upbringing the law the old testament law um kind of comes with some negative connotations in a sense of like that's that's gross that was what the old covenant was you know that kind of thing so Mm. i really like how he really laid out the fact that what paul is trying to say in this is that the law is really a magnifying glass it's a light in the dark to Mm. for us to see sin and without without the law we wouldn't know you know you wouldn't know what covet covetness is or if if it grieved god's heart if it if it wasn't laid out as a guideline for us as a plumb line or you know a lifeline for us to um, really understand what God's getting at, what what the basis of sin is, and why it grieves His heart, right. and why He needs us to, you know, in a in a sense, for us to really just see our desperate need for a Savior. So right. I really like that this idea that bringing the law into a positive light, saying basically this is what Jesus is bringing without Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and then with Jesus and His work on the cross, essentially we can. Um, accomplish what the law was meant to do in our hearts through sanctification, through the working of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I really like that. Hmm. Yeah, the passage actually ends by saying that the law is holy or mm-hmm. the law is good, mm-hmm. which is something that we don't always think of because we just went through a whole chapter about how sin, like 
how we are dead to sin. Right. And then chapter seven opens with, we're also no, no longer obligated to the law, like we're free from the law. And so often, as Reg pointed out, we equate the law with being sinful. Right. Right. Because we're free from both of those things. Right. But Paul is saying, actually, no, because the law illuminated to you your need for being saved. Right. Right. That you were never going to be able to do this. So actually, the law is good. Mm-hmm. The law is a, even a gift, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So where does it become a problem for us? Because why would we need to be free from something that's good? Or why are we no longer bound to the law if it's something that's good? Well, I think in a sense, what the law is really describing is how to achieve righteousness without the blood of Christ. Right. And as we have seen so clearly, you know, and through it's like it's impossible. Mm-hmm. E- even, you know, it's like you can follow the the law to a T, but mm-hmm. then there's still sin of the heart. There's still sin mm-hmm. of the mind. So like we've seen with, you know, what the whitewashed tombs that Jesus says, right? In that sense, it's that they can, you can never accomplish it. You can look like it, but right. but it's never going to get it. So I think in a sense, it's like, not that the law set us up to fail, mm-hmm. but in a sense, it was just this, this is the, what needs to happen for you to be righteous. And sorry, it's never going to happen. So here, you know, this, mm. and this is why Jesus is here. This is why. Right. Yeah. So there's an inner working that has to happen. hundred percent. Yeah. And so what does this mean for Christians? Because even I was debriefing with some people this morning and we were just in our conversation reminding ourselves that actually this portion of the letter to the church in Rome was actually written to Jew, the Jews, right? Because they're the ones who were given the law, right? And so as we walk this out and, and Paul is saying to the Jews, okay, this thing that you used to think would earn you righteousness, it doesn't earn you righteousness, flip this around for me if you can how does this relate to the gospel and to us as believers in Jesus Christ who we were never really bound to the law even maybe we are tell me about that right well I think like that as believers in Christ we um, it's just so easy to almost fall into the side of taking things too casually Hmm. you know like um, as we in the 21st century living in this time where Christ has ascended and now we await for his return, there's this stretch of time where it feels like the church and our belief system can become almost convoluted in a sense mm-hmm. of like we can become lost in this idea of, you know, that that there's there's almost a greasy or a gray gray areas within salvation. Like we were talking about this idea of how um, Reg was even, he was describing this idea of how we push the limit of what, you know, to, to, to draw the line before sin, before it's sin or whatever mm-hmm. in that kind of sense. And what I think what the law really does for us as well is that it brings us back to a place to see this is what, God wanted to accomplish in people before Jesus, but they weren't able to do it. So for us, again, it's just, it's that foundation of needing scripture to be our, our foundation for daily walk, because Mm. without, you know, the guiding of the Holy Spirit, without the guiding of scripture, I think we could just become kind of wishy-washy or watered down over time, you know, in that sense. So um, I think it's just really important on this side of things that we in this day and age 
need to make sure that we are going to the word on a daily basis to to keep us in line Mm -hmm. because so much time has gone by and the world has changed so much and there's such chaos and um, in like people's belief systems and their own truths and everything like that that Mm. it's so hard at this point to kind of find real truth if you're not looking to the word because Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to it there's everyone's telling you what a true truth is but there's no real truth except for scripture really in a sense mm. right so so yeah it's uh i don't know if that answered that question but i kind of was all over the place there but so if you were to take something away or maybe even a question mm. from sunday mm-hmm. what would it be like one takeaway and one question hmm um i think that as Reggie was talking to our church about how faith in Jesus is the most important part that mm-hmm. we need to look at this, that, that the law isn't going to save you. Good deeds aren't going to save you. Um, yeah, I think it was this bit going this back to, and I, f- I feel like there is so many people who do even still struggle with this idea of, of even though I'm saved, right. even though God's grace is so good, I still need to have to do something, you know, to, Hmm. to look good to God, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I would say like, uh, for me, uh, do I, that question would be is like, do I really believe that just faith in Jesus is enough for salvation Mm -hmm. and to challenge that part in my own heart and challenge people that, that, um, is there still a part of me that holds on to this thing of, I need to be looking and acting a certain way Mm -hmm to be seen as righteous in God's eyes Mm. or is it or or is it really just come down to I look to Jesus Mm -hmm. and he takes me as I am Mm -hmm. right and so yeah I think that's the challenge for my heart and I think for other people can take away from this is this is there still a place that's holding on grasping on to some part of the law that feels that they need to impress God other than Mm -hmm. just belief and faith in Jesus because what I've sometimes seen if you take that a step further is people think that doing the right thing actually, I don't know if they would ever say it like this, but as you watch their life, is a replacement for um, making a declaration for Jesus Christ or actually choosing Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see people who, like you're not even sure if they're really a Christian, Mm -hmm. right? Have they really accepted Christ? Are they living under the Lordship of Christ, but maybe they're serving in church Mm -hmm. and they think, Hey, well, I go to church every Sunday. That's good enough. I don't have to like be sold out or really, I don't have to like have made my, made up my mind about this yet. Mm, I'm doing the right thing. Right. Right. God is happy with what I'm doing. So I don't, I don't think that that's actually enough. What do you Mm -hmm. think? No, I, yeah, I I think that, um, it really comes down to our grasp of grace and like, do we really, are we really grasping onto how good God's grace is? You know, in the sense of, I was even talking to my worship team about this on Sunday morning before we met, it's how I've been kind of just kind of contemplating on the life of David and how, um, as we all know that David is often referred to as a person who is uh, a man after God's own heart. But I think, I know for me, I look at David's younger years, his passionate young man burning, uh, burning fire for, um, for like wanting to 
uh, just trusting in God and faith and, you know, like how God provided for him and all those things and just who he was, you know, slaying of Goliath and um, impressing Saul and just God's favor on him. But we also look at his later life where he strayed so far and he hmm. was caught up in um, his prestige and caught up in his, his role as king and he made some horrible, horrible mistakes, you know, worse than majority of people would do. We're mm -hmm. talking like murder and borderline rape, these sorts mm -hmm. of things. But yet he was referred to as a man after God's own heart. And I don't think it's because of that passionate young man that he was seeking after, impressing God. It was because he was known. I think David had a, a real sense of God's grace where he was quick to repent. Mm -hmm. And no matter how far he went away, no matter how bad he messed up, he knew that he could come back and that there was forgiveness for him. He knew mm -hmm. that there was grace. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, it's that repentance is that real kind of real grasp of there's nothing you can say or do that could separate you from the love of God, mm -hmm. you know? And I think if on Sunday mornings, if our people, if, if, if I, if, if we really had a deep sense of that, there wouldn't be hesitation in worship. Mm. I think people are still coming in, maybe bearing shame because of the way they acted against their families or kids in the morning or, right. you know, this week or those sorts of things. But it's like if we could truly grasp that, you know, that image of Christ with his open arms wanting to draw us in and just we could, you know, boldly approach him covered in the world that, you know, as we mm -hmm. come to church on Sundays together, if we could really embrace God's grace, I think it could be a little different. It would change our lives because I even think that kind of shame that we would carry is actually a result of living in self-righteousness. And mm -hmm. Reg pointed this out mm -hmm. on Sunday as well, is as we subscribe to the law in our life and like just doing the right thing, doing the mm -hmm. right thing, that is self-righteousness. That is putting ourself as the standard of righteousness. That's mm -hmm. what self-righteousness is. Right, right. But we are not saved by self-righteousness. Yeah. We are set apart because of the righteousness of Christ, mm -hmm. not because of our own, right. but because what we were unable to do, he did for us. Mm -hmm. Right? We were never able to live righteous lives. And so I'm even reminded... As a staff, we went through recently a chapter in a book all on confession, mm -hmm. right? right? And one of my favorite lines in that book, and it relates a bit to what we're talking about today, is the author, it's Richard Foster, he said, um, it would radically transform how you practice confession, and I think also how you would practice repentance, because that's part of confession, if you would primarily remember that the church is made up of a community of sinners. Mm. Right, no, who are yeah. redeemed by grace, right. but primarily we are a community of sinners. Right, and so long as we walk in self righteousness, we will never recognize that we're sinners, and we'll never see our need for the God yeah. for the good yeah. news of Jesus Christ. Yeah. and so really, um, the law in itself, although it reveals to us um, our need for rescuing, so many people would rather live apart from it. Mm -hmm right because that's what it does mm -hmm. it shows that you are going to fall short mm -hmm. and so w where do you see that like do you see it anywhere in your own life or in the world around you like are there areas where as a culture or as a church we are kind of ignoring like god's um prompting and how he uses mm -hmm. correction and he uses the law to draw us close to himself mm -hmm. are we missing the mark anywhere mm -hmm. well i think like it just brings to mind this idea of what like a church culture looks like, hmm. you know, and how 
um, just so many of us, I know I've gone to church my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I know that's a similar story to a lot of people in our church. And this, this idea of like, you know, Sunday's best, right? Whether that's your face or the clothes you're wearing, it's right. like putting on <clears throat> right this thing that making you look like you're put together, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's, it, this just comes into that, this idea of how, um, yeah, we want to like, be just so in touch with the fact that um, the only thing that can impress God is Jesus and Christ mm-hmm. in us, really, right? So, how is there a realness that we're missing? Is there this kind of mm. like, you know, almost huge gaslighting culture <laughs> within mm. church because we're, you know, this idea of like, come to church l- looking like you have it all together in a mm-hmm. sense, right? It just, yeah, it makes me wonder when you really get to it. Um, I was laughing on Sunday when Reg was talking about this idea of um going outside or in the light how you see things and how um (laughs) how um the law is is like it shines a light on sin so that we can really identify it and it just made me think of all the times i've left my house with my kid and we we go outside we're getting in the car and i look and i'm covered in pet hair or something (laughs) that i never saw within our house and my kids got jam on their face i never saw you know this sort of thing it's like the light of day reveals all these things that you never saw before Mm -hmm. you know and yeah it just really makes me it makes me think about um you know it's like i just my heart is really to see that for us to be able to do this authentically you know Mm. to to really have a sense of like you know are we doing church right are we are we are we really um being real with each other on sundays you Mm. know and in or in life in general but this idea of this sunday best dress kind of thing Mm -hmm. culture it's like that doesn't a real genuine reflection of what we're trying to accomplish through god's grace and the law you know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it reminds me i love one thing that you said is like Really, the only thing that impresses God is Jesus, right? And that's the gift that we've been given. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a book I read earlier this year. I forget the author. The book's called Gentle and Lowly. And in one of the chapters, it talks about how Jesus is interceding for us. Mm -hmm. And part of that actually means is that when we mess up, Jesus is there standing before God saying, no, 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 no. Like, look at me. Look right, at me. Right. Don't, pay, here. don't pay attention <laughs> yeah. to what they did. Right, right. I paid for that already. Right, right. And that's part of his role as the right. interceder is that he is consistently, constantly petitioning God. Like, no, Father, look over here. Look what I have done right. for them. So he no longer looks at your shortcoming. Right. And that's a gift for us because how much freedom comes with that right when you don't have to worry about like who is looking at you or doing it perfectly right. or anything like that right. right you can just walk in freedom right knowing that oh god actually sees you through what jesus did mm-hmm. not through what you're doing now mm-hmm. and so maybe on that note and in light of what you said about church culture like could we stop pretending to have it all together right right because that's again self-righteousness right has there been Maybe briefly, if you wouldn't mind, mm. share a time in your life where you've had to repent even of self-righteousness. Mm. Is there, has there been a time? Yeah, I think like um, there was a time in my life where um, my, my main goal and like my, um, the basis of every conversation really especially in church with people was to kind of like, you know, this schmooze thing. I was a young artist who was trying to, you know, like looking for opportunity to, to, 
to emerge as a as a musician and as a as a worship leader and everything and and God really um it just really convicted me um at one point and it, it just kind of came to realize what I was doing that um you know that I really my I was finding my identity in um this idea of success as a musician or you know or progression as an artist and um I can just remember this kind of like just kind of all falling apart over like a season and I really had to come to this place of like realizing that um I didn't see myself as a child of God I saw myself as like a musician and as a you know that kind of thing and that's what I was finding my value in and um yeah so there was, it was kind of a hard stop and uh, to the some point where I I almost went to the opposite end of things just um like stop promoting myself in a sense just really just god if you have plans for me to walk these out in these giftings you've given me i'm gonna let you do the work and i'm just gonna trust you and instead of like wanting to like you know impress someone else or like you know if i'm writing a voice memo that or or for a song or something instead of just shooting it to someone to hear it it was like I'm just gonna like sing it to you God and see what you think you know like those sorts of things so but yeah so it was really this kind of season of realizing that um to really find my identity in Christ and not what I was doing as a musician and there was a real self-righteousness thing there because um yeah I was living I it was it was sin I wasn't I really wasn't trusting in God for any of my dreams or ambitions or anything like that. So um, it just really came to this point where I had to lay it all down. And I just said, like, just kind of lay my heart down, lay my dreams down and just kind of realize, but, and what that it was, if there was going to be a place for me to do this thing with music, it's going to, the only way I wanted to do it is the way that the plan that God had. And uh, yeah. And after that, you know, he opened the doors for, me to live a life of, you know, doing it in worship and, um, to step into ministry and stuff. So, so there was just a really, like, it was just, if I look back at, it, I feel really gross about that, you know, that person that I was in a sense, right? Cause yeah, it's like, nobody wants to have that feeling where someone's just talking to you, looking for something yeah. as opposed to valuing you and seeing you. So, yeah. That's so good, Luke. Thank you for sharing with us. Why don't we just close in prayer? Could you pray for our church? Just pray about what we've been talking about today for freedom for people in our church.